One time I saw Father O'Brien going on a walk and I just like ran up to him and I was like, uh, Father, um, I'm Eugene, I'm, I'm a student here, uh, do you mind hearing my confession? Welcome back everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the College Catholics Podcast. I'm Aiden Mackey and I'm here with my co-host, Eugene, and we're here with a guest, Father Kyle Shinseki. <laughs> yes, uh, so yeah, this is the coolest podcast for students in college. Um, and today we're going to be going over two topics, one of them being Lent and the second one, Reconciliation. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought I wanted to take this special opportunity because Father Kyle is a real gift to the community and I got to know him over the past couple years and his story is so cool. Um, do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Sure. Hi, I'm Father Kyle Shinseki. I am a Jesuit priest serving in campus ministry at Santa Clara University. And a little bit about me, I was born and raised in Hawaii, didn't grow up Catholic, but went off to college. And thanks to some faithful friends that introduced me to the Catholic faith and invited me to Mass when I was a sophomore in college, I became a Catholic when I was a junior and never thought I would follow this path to become a priest. But again, thanks to some faithful friends along the way and a lot of uh, knocks on the door of my heart by God, I ended up here and thanks be to God. Uh, it's been a good life and I'm glad to be part of the Santa Clara community. That's amazing. That's a great story. I love hearing it. Um, is it true that, that the mass that really drew you in was in Spanish? Yep. I first learned to pray in Spanish. A lot of my friends were faithful Mexican-American Catholics and introduced me to the Spanish Mass and learned how to pray the Padre Nuestro and the Ave Maria, first in Spanish, before I learned Our Father and the Hail Mary in English. That is so rad. Um, we have a Mr. Worldwide here hailing from uh, Hawaii, the island of Kauai. So we're super grateful to have you today. It's a pleasure to have uh, a member of uh, a shepherd of our church and our campus here. Uh, but I wanted to kind of do a little activity with you, maybe a little challenge. Um, so in Hawaii, there's slang uh, that the locals use called pigeon. So I want to play a game. I want to test your pigeon skills. Uh, let's see how, how many of these you can get. Um, Aiden, I'm going to challenge you a little bit before Father <laughs> Kyle guesses. Oh, boy, uh, boy. Maybe you can take a whack at it and uh, see what it means. All right. Oh, so. No. The first one um, is is a little tough, but uh, the word is Bombay. Aiden, any takes? Bombay. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the last sound, which is by, but I know that aloha is by as well, right? So I'm going to go Bombay. The second thing that comes to mind is like slang for saying that's crazy. Okay, Father Kyle. Bombay means later on. Like, oh. <laughs> Father Kyle, can you use Bombay in a sentence? <laughs> Bombay, I'm going to eat dinner. All right. <laughs> awesome. He got one out of one. All right, next one. Um, what is chicken skin? Aiden, any guesses? Chicken skin. Um, dang. I don't know. You know, like when someone's a close call, people say like, oh, that skinned me or something like that. Like, oh, that ball skinned me. It almost hit me. Chicken skin. I don't know. It gives me the same feeling. Maybe, maybe something like that. 
Father Kyle? Uh, chicken skin is goosebumps. Oh, that makes sense as well. <laughs> Very crazy. Uh, yeah, definitely one of those things that actually make, makes sense when you think about it. Um, and so, wow, Father Kyle is killing the game here. The next one is broke the mouth. Broke the mouth? Is that like you're like stuttering or like, I don't know, like you're lost for words maybe? Father Kyle? Uh, it's something that's really delicious. Oh. <laughs> so good that it broke my mouth. Interesting. I've never oh, heard that before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple more. What about cockroach? Well, I know and that's not a just a bug. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> um, maybe like that's gross. Possibly. Yeah. On the cop. Uh, I haven't used this one in a long time. I think cockroach is like when you take something from someone. Oh, really? Yeah, it means to steal. Huh. Very interesting. Do cockroaches do that? Do they steal things? Do they take things? Very fitting, though. I mean, I can imagine they do. I hate cockroaches. Uh, <laughs> I heard in Hawaii they have flying ones, so I'm never going to Hawaii. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. So that is a no-go for me. Uh, maybe we'll do one more. Uh, this one is a little easier than the ones that we have done. Um, and it is shoots. Shoots. I mean, like, I use the expression shoot sometimes, you know? Like, ah, uh, oh, darn, I'll shoot, you know? Shoots? Maybe it's a game. Is it some sort of game? I feel like it's some Hawaiian game. Maybe slang for basketball? Father Kyle, is it, is it basketball? Oh, uh, no. Shoots means like, yeah, I'll do it. Or like, yeah, cool. Shoots. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was not as easy as I... I got nowhere close on any of those. <laughs> well, I hope everyone listening enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, Father Kyle is fluent in many languages, uh, I guess. <laughs> so we're glad to have him. Um, well, I mean, the first and foremost thing is Lent has now started. It's uh, just about, what, a week into it now? What have you guys given up for Lent? For me, I've, uh, I've well, desserts is one thing. But also trying to do more, trying to do more I guess, during Lent, not just give stuff up. So I've um, been trying to, to bring food to, to folks. Just kind of more randomly as opposed to kind of an organized thing. Mm -hmm. So trying to make that like a regular thing at least once a week. Um, yeah. And obviously like trying to spend more time reading and like spiritual reading. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I like the I like like doing something as opposed to like giving up something. That's what I'm trying to do as well. I'm trying to like exercise more and take better care of my myself throughout Lent. Uh, but yeah. What about you, Eugene? Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the similar vein as Father Kyle. I think there's a lot of emptiness in my life right now. I mean, we're all in a pandemic, so my days have been pretty, uh, like, un unstructured. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I'm trying to, I'm really, I kind of decided this over the weekend. I was like, I'm spending way too much time on YouTube. You know, just like you scroll on YouTube and like the recommendations are just, they just take you places, man. Like, <laughs> I have been getting lost in the sauce 24-7 in class after class at night and it's like taking over my life 
and I'm, mm-hmm. it's it's fun, you know. I've been really getting into like watching, uh, like chess videos and like random facts videos and and just like these other things. But um, I, I want to cut it out, so I'm, I'm trying my best to uh, stay off of it. I've blocked it a couple times on my computer, and then guess what? My business professor assigns me a TED talk for homework, so I gotta unblock it. And I guess it's more <laughs> like the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, you know, father. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel with my Lent right now, but um, I'm all, I'm also trying to add more. I'm trying to be more, um, do my own part in finding some uh, volunteer and charity opportunities in my area, uh, because it, it, it especially in in my area, uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there. So uh, make sure you check in with your county and see what's available, because uh, there are a lot of people that are in need at the moment. So we just want to dive into what Lent is and our call to Lent as, as Catholics, as Christians. Um, so, Father Kyle, what is Lent? So, I mean, obviously on the practical level, Lent is this 40-day period that precedes Easter. Um, but, you know, why do we have Lent? This is the more important question. And it's obviously a time of spiritual preparation for Easter, Easter being the most important event that we celebrate throughout the year as Catholics. Uh, really the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. But why do we have this time of preparation? Well, I, I like to kind of think of the fact that, you know, every year we, um, you know, we have challenges, we have different things that kind of fill our lives. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we don't realize how those distractions can add up over time. And Lent is a really intentional time, really kind of a time of purification to think about, okay, what are those things that are really distracting me from God and my relationship with God? And also my relationship with other people in my life. And having this intentional time where through prayer and fasting and almsgiving, those are just tools ultimately that allow us to purify our relationship with God, to be able to put aside all those things as much as we can, obviously with God's help and God's grace, so that we can have a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God and that that relation ultimately is what feeds us and allows us to then go out and serve uh, those in our community and our family and our friends. Family. So I, I, for me, that's sort of like the central reason why we have Lent and yeah, and so yeah, you can talk more about more details, different aspects of it, but I would say that if I had to kind of summarize it, that, that's what I would describe. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you so much. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, what's the significance behind just 40 days? I know it's like comes up a couple times in the Bible, but like, is there more to it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, 40 days, it's primarily taken from Jesus going out into the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm not an expert in sort of a lot of these, the biblical significance of different numbers, but I know in the Jewish tradition, different numbers like 40 um, seven, for example, 12, all those had significance in, in the Jewish tradition. So a lot of those numbers are significant to them. But I would say for us as Christians, as Catholics, the primary significance is that uh, like Jesus went out into the desert to be tempted by the devil, there's this, there was this time of purification before he could go out and begin his ministry to people. And so um, it's an intentional kind of a desert experience for us as well. While we might not physically go out into the Mojave Desert, um, in the case of us being here in California, it is this time of where we're trying to think about all those things that we can we can walk away from and separate ourselves from so that we can be more focused on our relationship with God. 
Yeah, that's so significant. I, I'm, I definitely have thought about that. And I think with the 40 days too, you know, you see that in scripture as like the 40 years that the Israelites spent in the desert, Jesus is 40 days in the desert. Um, I think it's, it's when you kind of also think about like how long it takes for humans to break a habit, like the scientific research suggests like between 18 and 264 days or something around those lines. So it's, I feel like God is like, okay, here's your chance. Here's your, here's the time it takes to be intentional. Like we have Mm. these desires and we have, uh, maybe some, some ways of living that, uh, that we can look at in a different lens. And I think going into that desert time is really important. And I, I said this last year because I think it's interesting, like 40 days, like the word quarantine uh, comes from the root. Like if you speak Spanish, like cuarenta, it's like 40. So quarantine is like the time of 40. So I think that's just so interesting. It's like, like even in this like long, prolonged quarantine for some people, um, like this is the moment where we can re- truly discover what's important to us. When I first became Catholic, it was just about giving something up. So it's like, well, I'll stop eating chocolate or I'll stop eating this or whatever it might be. Uh, no TV after a certain time, whatever, you know, something very basic like that. But I think there wasn't a lot of reflection on like, why would I choose this thing or another thing? And I wasn't asking myself, I think that what I think is the most important question is like, how does this help me grow spiritually? And so I think over time, I've learned to kind of step back and say, okay, where where could I use more spiritual depth, I guess, in my life? Or what are the things that are keeping me from that depth and um, trying to trying to figure out you know, what, what would be the best tools? In other words, I think I was using the giving things up as really the ends when that's really the means to an end. The Lent that I remember most memorably is like my senior year of high school when I first really started believing in God. Um, one of the things I did was... Uh, I wanted to text everyone on my contact list and uh, once a day, like go through like the alphabetical order and just like text people and ask them if they had prayer intentions and if I could pray for them. And it was something like, obviously, like I was young, I was like, yeah, uh, I, I feel confident, like I'm, I'm really passionate about the Lord. Um, and now I think I would be too afraid to do it. But <laughs> anyway. Um, I was doing that and you know in the beginning it's it's kind of rough like I'm I'm not naturally a shy person and uh, people are saying no like they don't need any prayers but then the ones that did or the ones that like said thank you and the ones that really um, like dove into it with me uh, or like asked me if I needed prayer like I think those are that connection made me realize like yeah like even this challenge like, I can make it a way to serve others and how there, there was so much healing and there was so much growth for me personally and for um like a few other people like um maybe we can talk about healing on another episode but jesus really really came through during that lent and that made that easter so sweet um so i when i look at lent like i think we can find a kind of fall into a trap of like oh this is like new year's resolutions part two or it's like oh a diet that i've really been wanting to do or like you know the classic you know um give up like social media, whatever, but it's like, it, it doesn't have to be like, I think of the widow, uh, the poor widow that is giving something to the Lord. It's like, it doesn't have to be this big grand thing too. I can be just like a simple action or, or simple thing, but that intentionality, I think is so important to me when it comes to Lent. Um, and that's why it's been so hard, but yeah, you too, <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> so pray for me y'all. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny you uh, mentioned the, um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you told me about what you were doing that Lent, your senior year of high school, about the uh, texting one person every day. And I think I actually copied you on that. It's another one of the many things I've copied you. Uh, and I ended up doing that as well, that Lent. And it was really cool because it like helped, like, I guess, strengthen a lot of the relationships I had. And it's also really cool just to like, you know, get some like um, affirmations from like those around you and like those you love, you know, just to like, you know, refresh people and like how much they mean to you and stuff like that. And it's always nice. Um, so yeah, I really liked that aspect of that. Maybe like, maybe I can revisit that in a future Lent. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, man. Um, I think we talked, we talked about fasting quite a bit. I kind of want to pick your brain, Father Kyle, on prayer uh, and maybe the sacraments. It's like Lent is obviously a, a huge time of uh, renewal and there's certain practices that Catholics do that uh, we do sp a lot more in this season. So uh, could you touch on some that, you know, you've seen people do or like you yourself practice really intentionally during the season of Lent? You know, I, I always, when folks come to me about like recommendations for Lent, I always go back, you know, as a Jesuit to the examine. And it's not about really like how long you spend doing it, but just about the consistency of doing it. I really encourage folks, if you pray the examine every day, which is Jesuits were required to do, I mean, that's something we're taught to do from the very beginning of our formation. But I think it's a good prayer for Lent because it's really about taking the time to step back each day to reflect on your relationship with God and being attentive to God in your life. And so being attentive both to the distractions from God in your life, as well as the things that are actually drawing you closer to God on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that can even guide you to like, what would be the best things I should do to continue to foster my relationship with God? Because if you notice every time that you spend time in adoration, that helps you to go closer to God, then great. If it means going out and praying outside, you know, that can be great. Uh, if it's you know going to a particular group that really kind of brings you a lot of life, um, a prayer group or what have you, then, then that can be good too. But a lot of times we don't take the time to notice those things. And I feel like God is constantly trying to communicate with us, but we don't pay attention to those, those ways that God is communicating with us. And the more time we dedicate to that, the better. And the more, not again, not the more time, but the more consistently we dedicate time to that, I think the better. So for me, that's the thing I always sort of start with. But you know, I think beyond that, um, yeah, I mean, I think spending more time uh, and adoration can be very helpful and we're just trying to kind of develop a more a deeper relationship to God. So it's something I try to spend more time in during that, especially. Yeah, some great points there. Um, that reminded me of this quote from John Wimber and he said, show me where you spend your time, money and energy and I'll tell you what you worship. I heard that in my business class because uh, it's so true. I think uh, we go about our days and if you really look at like what we consume, spend our time, like we all have 24 hours in a day. So I think that is a great point. Um, I, I really like diving into the rosary, specifically the sorrowful mysteries uh, during this time. Cause I think it's, it, I remember the first time I prayed the rosary, it was that, um, that the sorrowful mysteries that day it was on a, Friday so and I just remember being so struck like I was like moved to tears speaking of like that the 
walk to the cross is like the stations of the cross and i think that's something we can do all year but like diving into the stations and like praying that you know on your own or with your community like i love doing that um it, it's a good reminder of uh like what it means to take up the cross yeah all right that'll do it for our first topic about lent um so when we get back we will be talking about reconciliation all right so this week's plug of the podcast is going to be uh the college catholics uh lunch and rosaries um every friday um at noon um so this week we're gonna have it of course and then week 10 uh, we're going to have uh, Stations of the Cross with uh, Father Kyle. Um, so make sure you come out to that. And, you know, it's just a good time. Hang out, pray the rosary. And yeah, hope to see you there. So moving on to our second point of this podcast, which is going to be reconciliation. Um, so I guess one thing we can just quickly uh, ask is, Father Kyle, what is reconciliation? The Sacrament of Reconciliation is one of the seven sacraments of the Catholic Church. And really, it's an opportunity for us to seek healing and strength from the Lord. It's probably the best way I would describe it. Um, all of us have our shortcomings, our sins, our failings, and we all need help in that respect from God. And so this is an opportunity that, that God gives us, that the Church gives us, for us to be able to be reconciled to repent for what we have done and then ultimately to seek god's grace to be able to be strengthened and so that we can live each day hopefully a, a bit better than next and ultimately live the holy lives that we're all called to live and so you know the sacrament itself has different names but i in reconciliation i think is one of the most powerful ones because really it is about healing a relationship that god wants to be in a relationship with us but there are many things that we do, that we choose to do, that take us away from that relationship, that harm or damage that relationship in different ways. And so reconciliation is, I like to think of the father of the prodigal son rushing out to meet us. No matter where we're at in our life, that God will come out to meet us. And we just need to turn and, and open ourselves to receive that healing grace that God offers us. And so that's, that's what reconciliation is. Mm -hmm. it's funny you mentioned that story because that's like one of the first things i always think about whenever like reconciliation is brought up and like the whole imagery behind like god just like welcoming us with open arms even after like what whatever we've done like if we come back to him and we're like we you know repent our sins he will be there to welcome us with open arms again you know just like a loving father um and it's really powerful that's a really powerful image so yeah thank you for that yeah, I think it's such an interesting sacrament because it's definitely slept on. Like even as growing up, like as a kid, I was like, what the heck is this? Because um, I would see kids when I was, you know, in Sunday school, like kids go to go through it and they're like, oh, I feel like I feel like I can fly. I'm like, what What do you mean? Like, <laughs> you can't fly, you dummy. <laughs> dummy. Uh, but uh, it, it was just like a powerful thing for them. And I never saw it that way. I remember in high school, like I was a bit older, um, and my, and Aiden, if you remember in high school, we used to have those reconciliation services. Yeah. And, like, people go like sit in this dark room with, you know, like seven priests all around and, you know, there's like music playing and you, you like kind of just do your examination and like the teachers invite you to go. 
And I remember like I met I made eye contact with uh, Miss Nancy Hormuth. So if you, anyone that knows her, if you, or if somehow she's listening to this, um, just her piercing stare. And I was like, I feel so guilty. I need to go. And I go and like, I'm the next person in line. And then the bell rings <laughs> and I start leaving and she's like, you're going to go already? Like the line is, is really short now. And it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and I hadn't been to Reconciliation Confession in like seven years. So um, I finally got to go and uh, I thought it would be like, yeah, I can fly. But honestly, it was like, whatever. I was like, what the heck? Um, I don't get the hype. But like now, like kind of learning about like what it means and like having an active relationship with it, because I think like the more I go, like the more healing, the more powerful it is, because like Pope Francis said today that um, the center of of confession is not the sins we declare. Actually, it's the divine love of Christ. Um, And and there's this like powerful image of him going to confession, too, um, because he says that like when I go, it is or in order to be healed. And it's actually classified as a sacrament of healing, which I think is it's not a sacrament of shaming. It's none of that. Um, so, and I love that image of the prodigal son too, that father you spoke about. Um, so I guess the, the question is like, as a priest, like how comfortable do you feel like hearing confessions from your students? Maybe like the the repeating ones, like, do you remember it? Do you judge people based on how big their sin is or how silly their sin is? Oh, I mean, I, I, uh, it's, it's a, it's something that I honestly miss having more of an opportunity to do in the midst of the pandemic and some of the sacraments. Well, people still do come to confession, but it's been much more limited during this time, at least in my experience. Uh, particularly here at Santa Clara, and for me, it's some of the most meaningful, one of the, some of the most meaningful moments I've had as a, as a priest through and in the confessional and through the sacrament of reconciliation. It's such a beautiful experience, and uh, it's it's a opportunity. It's a gift to be able to recognize God working in people's lives because I really do believe that Christ calls you right, to confession. Uh, a movement that happens through God's initiative. God wants to be in relationship with people, and so God is calling them back to that relationship through calling them to confession and through the sacrament of reconciliation. And so, uh, for me, it's a really beautiful experience. And for me, that, that's what I remember from it. It's just the healing that happens. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, and, and part of the seal of the confession is. No, we don't, you know, it's not about judging people. It's not about remembering what someone did. Uh, and really the grace that I receive as a priest by hearing folks' confessions is, is witnessing uh, God's love active in people's lives. Like, at the end of the day, like, we're just witnesses of mercy. Like, we're not called to be perfect. We're all sinners. Um, and I think just you sharing that, and hopefully it's, it's not out of guilt or out of, shame that you want to do this but um if, if it is something that you know as students that you want to do like don't underestimate the the power of of god um and not only forgiving you but also you forgiving yourself uh i'll always always use this like i get like analogy <laughs> and some of you have heard it is like the the root of these words like concilia in latin is like to be eyelash to eyelash, I think, like brow to brow with someone. 
and re like obviously again reconciliation like the action of becoming brow to brow with someone it's like Mm. if god was really in my face like that first of all we're in a pandemic jesus (laughs) give me some space (laughs) but also it's like that desire to get that close to him and it's like i think it's kind of i think confession as a sacrament is kind of like arrogant it's like god forgive me and god's like why because i messed up like because i'm a sinner like i want you to forgive me i guess that's like the encouragement that i would give also if you're not christian or not catholic or you're catholic and you're worried about or intimidated by not knowing what to say not knowing what to do you could always just ask the priest like (laughs) you're not alone and there's also you could a lot of resources you could look it up on google um, I mean, if we can look up some other things that are much, much harder, I'm sh- I think you can look up reconciliation. And um, if we're so motivated to test our personalities in a color, then we can do an examination of conscience. Let's normalize confession. What about mm-hmm. you, Father? Um, what do you What would you say to someone who's you know uh, doesn't really feel necessary to confess with the priest or um, just kind of scared to go? Uh, I would say. I think all of us have things that weigh us down. Uh, there is a particular freedom that happens by naming those sins and naming them, placing them in God's hand. I think that's what happens. And, and confession is really the burdens we carry, the sins that we're carrying, we're able to place them in God's hands in a very concrete way through the actual sacrament of reconciliation that is much less tangible, I guess, when you're just when you can talk to God and ask God for forgiveness, I mean that's possible. But I think there's a power that in the sacrament of actually naming your sins, placing them very concretely in God's hands, and and it's it's a healing. Like we've said before, like we've said Eugene, it's a healing. It's a sacrament of healing, and I've witnessed that healing in so many people's lives. And so I would encourage them to to give it a give it a shot and. I think a lot of it is just the perspective you bring to it. It's like you were saying earlier, it's not about punishment. It's not about shaming. It's really about healing. And so all of us need healing. I think here's a, here's a very powerful opportunity that God gives us for healing. So I just encourage him to, to give it a shot, you know, to, if you haven't gone in a while, um, perhaps it's time. God's forgiveness helps you forgive yourself. Like that's why it's like we talk a lot about healing too. It's like when you realize how immense like and and large his mercy is compared to your struggles, I think that's when you realize like, okay, this is my moment of resurrection, you know. Um I'll let let, let this part of me die and, and I will get back up and try again. I think you see that a lot in the early church with the saints, um, that just radically changed their lives, like Saint Augustine, um, and so many others. Uh I think it's it's one thing that's also biblically like written in James chapter five, like confess to one another um, and pray for another. Like that's, I think that's really important in, in recognizing it. it. And one thing confession also does, like when I'm doing the examination, uh, which you can do without going to confession, you can do an examination of conscience wherever you are, anytime, like any day. Um, and when you do that, it's like coming to terms with like where you are. I think so often we leave, we live our lives kind of blindly and kind of in like a numbing way. We just want to move on. We just want to forget. We just want to, you know, do more. But confession is just kind of like 
or just examination is just kind of like, hey, like sit down, be mindful, like think about, you know, where you are uh, in relation to um, with, with in relation to your faith, in relation to others, uh, to yourself, and to how you're loving others. I think it's a real powerful way to live life with purpose. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people struggle really with, and all of us struggle in different ways of accepting God's mercy. The in, like you were saying, you know, the infinite nature of God's mercy. And I think taking time to kind of pray with the passages like the gospel or with the prodigal son and the father of the prodigal son, thinking about Peter, his reconciliation with Jesus um, after the resurrection. There's so many powerful scenes of reconciliation that we have in in the gospel. And I think really taking the time to, to recognize it just like those people in the gospel, like we are beloved children of God, that God loves us as we are as sinners uh, and trusting in that love and that, that love will not change. Uh, if anything, it, it just gets stronger when we acknowledge that we need God and we're, that without God, we're not able to kind of overcome these challenges we face. And, and yeah, knowing that God was it, will forgive us 70 times seven, I think it is. Speaking of numbers that we talked about earlier, and so a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I already confessed that. So like, I just can't find myself to confess it again. It's like, no, it's 70 times seven. It doesn't matter how many times. Like God is always, God's not counting how many times you confess them. That really doesn't matter. It's about reconciliation. That's all we explain it to us. Yeah, which is mind blowing. I thought we were just fighting with God and keeping score, but no, he actually loves us. So that's crazy. Um, so maybe some practical questions. Number one, uh, do you see any benefits of having a regular confessor? And number two, if we wanted to go as students, like where and when and how? Sure. Um, I, I would say, yeah, there de- definitely can be benefits from having a regular confessor. Like I found that being myself like very fruitful when I've been able to have like a regular confessor. Just because the person gets to know you, I think it's easier to kind of just kind of get straight to the point. <laughs> um, and yeah, the person can kind of give you better advice because in part of the sacrament reconciliation, oftentimes the priest will give you some sort of advice to help you in your spiritual life. And if the priest has some idea of who you are, that's really a little bit easier um, than if it's just some random person. At the same time, I wouldn't let that keep you from finding a confessor. Like obviously, like if you feel drawn to confession, and, uh, go wherever it's available to you. So yeah, I would say both and. Like it can definitely be helpful, but don't make that a stumbling block, so to speak, to, to finding confession. And speaking of finding confession, where right if you're near the campus here at Santa Clara, we do have confession every Sunday at 4 p.m. right next to the mission church. So there are signs that in that direction basically the overhang between the mission church and saint joseph's hall is where the sort of temporary outdoor confessional is now so that's every sunday at four and then of course um, definitely father dennis and i are always available to make appointments for confession if folks want to make an appointment separately from that time and then definitely encourage folks if you're not in the santa clara area there's masstimes.org 
you can find confession times there. Just look up your local parish, Google Catholic Church in your area and click on their website. Uh, it's really not that hard to find. So I would say if you're looking for a time to go to confession, uh, it's pretty easy to find a place near you. So especially during Lent, I would encourage folks to do it. I remember when my parish priest told me like, hey, if you ever need to go, just like grab my collar <laughs> and let me know because it's literally my job uh, to be there for you and be the person of Jesus. And I think, and, and I wouldn't recommend this, but one time I saw Father O'Brien going on a walk and I just like ran up to him and I was like, uh, Father, um, I'm Eugene, I'm, I'm a student here. Uh, do you mind hearing my confession? And he was like, sure. <laughs> and he did. We just sat down and had a, had a confession. And in that moment, he was like being the person of Jesus, like, um, and, and that was beautiful. I think also like a funny situation would be, you know, we have a lot of Jesuits on campus that teach classes like Father Dennis teaches math, Father Shola teaches religion. And I always wonder like, like what if you go to confession and you're just like, hey, Father, uh, I cheated on your test. And like literally because of the seal of confession, like they won't even be able to like say that outside of that moment. Like right when you uh, right when you're absolved, like it's just like they, it's just hit it's gone you know it's just so funny to me yeah awesome yeah thank you so much for that um and i guess on that note we should uh we can wrap it up here so um i just want to say quick quick thank you to father kyle for being here um thank you for everyone listening and before we leave would you like to end in prayer in the father and the son and the holy spirit Loving and merciful Lord, we thank you for this holy time of Lent that you give us to purify our relationship with you, to grow in deeper relationship with you, to grow in the love that you give to us. And we ask you to continue to pour forth your spirit upon us so that you may lead us and guide us during this sacred time so that we might fully receive the joy of the Easter season where we celebrate your resurrection. We pray all this in the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Father Kyle, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, on our podcast. Uh, send us some feedback and questions for our next topics. And we love you all. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.